Welcome back in everyone to another fantastic episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined by two incredible guests today. Joining us today, we have the producer Attila Yuhas, who is the CEO of ACW TV, which is on Roku TV, among other streaming services, and one of the hosts from ACW TV and our PR person, Jay Michaels of Jay Michaels Global Communications, who is the host of Jay Watch on ACW TV. This is an incredible streaming network this is an incredible streaming service the the variety of stuff that they have available to you is amazing and jay watch itself is an incredible show that you must check out so i'm so excited to have our guests on today and to be talking about all they have going on so with that let's welcome on our guest attila jay welcome to whisper in the wings from stage whisper oh thank you very much happy to be here thank you for having me it is always a pleasure to be with you andrew glad to be here it's so nice to have both of you here and to be talking about such an incredible, I guess, service that you 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 both are providing, such an incredible art form. We'll call it an art form because it is. We're now breaking into streaming. And, the, and what we're talking about today is something that I think a lot of people know but don't necessarily connect. It's in the back of their mind. But I want to first kind of lay the groundwork. And I'd like to have our listeners get a little more familiar about what ACW TV is. So, Attila, can you tell us a little bit more about what that is? Sure. ACW TV is, is the parent company. And under that umbrella, I've developed 15 Roku channels. For example, classic TV and film, Western TV and movie classics, Baby Boomer TV, a, a Cartoon Vault. And then I also have a subscription channel called Dialback TV. So, so ACW TV has uh, multiple niches and where I curated a, a variety of content for, for different audiences. And I cater the design and the user interface per channel that way. That's so cool. Now, of course, you are the producer of the show called Jay Watch. Mm -hmm. And Jay, of course, you are the host of it. I want to stick with you first on this, uh, Attila. What is Jay Watch exactly? Okay, Jay Watch is a program specifically used to educate audiences and, and entice them to, to either revisit or, or discover classics that they've you know, never heard of or, or, or find a reason to watch it. And, and Jay brings a spin on it. And uh, not only educates people about the show, but but uh, entertains them with, with incredible informative trivia. So it's 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 just chock full of information. It's a quick five minute intro, and it leads right into the into the film. And we do it weekly. So so far, it's been a lot of fun and a lot of success. Yeah, and then Jay, I want to bring you in. You are the host. You're the one that introduces. I am the Jay of Jay Watch. Yes. <laughs> what what is what gave you this idea to to help create this show? Attila, it was I, I. I take no credit for the actual creation of it. I get a wonderful email. Attila and I worked many years ago on a, another program called Terror TV, and and this was this was sort of a, a limited series where we interviewed horror film actors about their lives and about their careers, and got to know him. And he was absolutely brilliant. And and we peripherally kept in touch over the years. And then I get this amazing email where he says he is now the big mucky muck of ACW TV and he's starting a TV program and he needs a host. And if I'll do it, he'll name it after me. Well, you didn't have to go much further than that. And so now here is Jaywatch. I, I'm having the best time because it's, it, I, I introduce 
really interesting movies, many of which I've seen because I'm a, a lover of old movies, but some which I've never heard of. And it's really fascinating to, to watch them and learn about them. And in learning about them, and this is the reason I brought it to your attention, Andrew, I, I was utterly amazed at how many stage actors were responsible for basically the creation of, of the golden age of cinema. Because these films, a lot of them are the 1930s and early 40s. And when I was researching the actors for my introductions, I was utterly amazed. This one did Shakespeare. This one was on stage in London. This one did a Broadway show. This one did several Broadway shows. Paul Muni, for instance, there is a film called Angel on My Shoulder, which is really, when you look at it, a riff of the Clifford Odette sort of plays of that era, the protest play. It's this noirish piece. And and Paul Muni, the star of it, was was a star of Yiddish theater for, for years. As a matter of fact, he got tired of the film industry and spent the rest of his career on stage. And he won a Tony, I think it was for Inherit the Wind. And Claude Rains and so many others were Broadway performers, were theater performers. And 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 even the movies themselves, we look at these movies and we say, oh, they're 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 cute old-fashioned movies. But no, they were actually plays. They ran on Broadway very competently. Nowadays, you, you need to run 35 years to, to earn your money back. But back then, if you if you had, you know, a thousand, two thousand performances, you were you were considered a hit. And some of these ran that long, if not longer. Even even there was a comedy called The Gorilla featuring the Ritz brothers. It was on stage as as a comedy play based on Edgar Allan Poe's Murders in the Rue Morgue. It really amazed me how much the the cinema owes to the American theater. Really amazing. That is fantastic. And, you know, what's fascinating about that is, like I said in the intro, I think a lot of people kind of know that in the back of their head, especially when they see a classic film, like a film like Harvey or something. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, of course, that was a play. Now they made it a movie, you know, or where they get the source material. But I kind of laugh today because a lot of shows that come to the stage on Broadway are adaptations of film. And a lot of people are like, oh man, I don't know, I'm kind of against this. And it's like, well, we've just kind of come full circle because for the longest time in the origin of modern entertainment, we were giving Hollywood all their stories. So it's about time they kind of sent it back to us. You know, as long as it comes out good, I think we're going to be all right, you know? So I find that interesting that we're, we're seeing both ends of it in, in today, you know? It's it's funny you say that the original Broadway musicals, yes, they're based on movies now, but they used to be based on novels and plays back then. I just, because I'm reading up on Burgess Meredith, because he's going to be in several pieces we're doing for Halloween Festival this year. And Burgess Meredith, we all imagine him, okay, he was the he was the the coach in Rocky. And and for us who remember back around the Nixon administration, we he was in the Twilight Zone and so many others. But he was the original Billy Bigelow in Lilium, the play that was turned into Carousel. So it, 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 it stifles me just how much the theater is Broadway, how much the theater, uh, the uh, Broadway theater is the movies. It's it's really stunning. Yes. So how long has. ACW TV been around for Attila? Officially 2015. 2015 is when I attained my Roku developer, I guess, training and built my first channel uh, as a private channel. And then I uh, just to test it and, and 
bring my skills up to speed. And then officially launched September 2016, my first channel, which was called Whimsy TV, W-I-M-Z TV. And being an early adopter, it, it, uh, it, it took off. And then I said, well, you know what? Maybe let me do another one. And then I did another one called Western TV and Movie Classics. And that just exploded. And still to this day, it's the uh, biggest channel. It, it's, it's, it's massive. It's the uh, second, second biggest classic TV channel in, of all of Roku. Wow. That is impressive. Yeah. And would it be fair to say that J-Watch is the newest addition to this to classic tv and film yeah yeah but we also carry it um self-syndicating so so i have it on baby boomer tv as well as my uh commercial free channel dialback tv so we have it on three channels and you know the goal is to actually keep pumping pumping them out and then the potential syndication to other areas but i'm also happy happy to announce that i am launching a my first, what's called a fast channel, and the fast channel is what is, what is today the 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 term for a twenty four seven linear channel, much how you find on traditional antenna television. You you know you turn your your dial or or you have your your cable grid and you look to see what's on television and so forth. So I'm actually coming out with uh, classic TV and film is entering that that realm, and we are doing doing that this october and we're happy to to do a 24-hour halloweenathon a jaywatch <laughs> halloweenathon <laughs> oh so it will be a, it'll be a 24-hour live stream which will we will will start it on the 27th of october but then i'm going to loop it and and re rerun the 24 hours through halloween that's amazing i love that and as much as the blood and guts and gore of modern horror films are i'm sorry the classic horror films yeah be just as frightening. And if you don't believe me, watch the original Night of the Living Dead. The Absolutely. lighting of that definitely makes yeah, that's, it. That's, that's so of course crazy. on our channel. And, and Jay will be doing that. I just recorded that episode, actually. I just recorded commentary for that episode. Okay. Uh, George Romero claims to have known none of the things that went on. He just cast Dwayne Jones because he was brilliant, not because he was African-American or anything. So he set in motion so many, so many analyses with that mm -hmm. show so many discussions and yet he was like no i was making a zombie movie no you weren't you were making yeah. you, were, you were changing what the face of of film it was amazing wow i can't wait october 27th adding that to my calendar done and done Fantastic. now is there a specific time that jay watch airs that view are well yeah viewers or listeners can tune into yeah we we i shoot for although this week we have a, a delay Usually they premiere on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. on the Roku channels. And then I, I also take every every Jay Watch segment sans film I put up on social media. So people can enjoy Jay's commentary for free. On, uh, just come to our Facebook page or our YouTube channel and you can watch those intros. But yeah, so so Wednesdays and or Thursdays, they, they come out every week. And this week we're on uh, episode 11 already. Wow. wow. That's crazy. <laughs> I got some catching up to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got this great show. We've got this great network. And Attila, I want to start with you on this question. Is there a message or a thought that you want your viewers to walk away with from this program? Yeah. Give if if you're not familiar with with some of this content, give it a, give it a chance. Listen to Jay, and listen to Jay Watch, and 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 you'll find you'll find a reason to revisit these classics. It's just and like you said, horror. I'm not uh, big on on the the big blood and guts R-rated and above 
anymore like I used to be. I find I find the storytelling so much more important than 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 the, your, your unnecessary or overused shock tactics. Yeah. So so and and Jay Jay will point this out to you with the with with like the movies we have like Horror Hotel, Night of the Living Dead, Last Man on Earth. It's just a just a tremendous catalog of vintage. So so and not just horror, but we have we have so much. We have old cartoons, we have old television series. Like like for example, you know, people may not be familiar with with Betty White's early television series, Life with the Angels. You know, so it's a fantastic comedy. Or 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 that Mickey Rooney had a show called the Mickey Rooney Show, which which is loaded with laughs. So so there's just a, a variety of of, of shows uh, that. That I'm I'm certain that a lot of people have never seen, and then you will see you will see how things have been rehashed and reused over the years and years and years. You'll be like, oh, I thought that was an original idea, but there, there it is, and you'll find a lot of that, a lot of it. Yes, Jay, as the host of Jay Watch, and and with you introducing things in a very Robert Osborne manner with all the <laughs> the, the trivia and such. What is the message of thought you're hoping that viewers take away from your show? Several, actually. Uh, in in one case, and I'm learning it now as I'm preparing for the the Halloweenathon. We we think of something as number one. We think it was the first of something. Most times, it's not. It's what you were saying when you're talking about music. There are like like everyone when when someone says old old scary show, they say Twilight Zone. Now, the Twilight Zone might be definitively the best to, to some people, but it wasn't the first. There were so many others before that. There was Lights Out. There was Tales of Tomorrow. There was Tales of Frankenstein, Boris Karloff's Thriller. There were so many that preceded or were equal in terms of time to the Twilight Zone. And, and they provided, and this is the second thing which I wanted to, to hope the audience sees, they provided a missing link. If you watch, especially Lights Out, radio was king at one point. Everyone just listened to the radio. There were no TVs. You couldn't afford the movies, et cetera. So they listened to the radio. If you watch some of these old shows, they are basically radio plays and they put the stage actors who were doing the radio plays in front of the camera and, and basically telling the story. And you could hear the organ music that you'd hear from radio shows. You really see, I don't think people understand the history and 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 the linking of of our communication. They don't. They say, oh, once there was radio. Now they'll call it internet radio, or whatever. No, there was radio. There was television. There was movies. There is this this timeline that really exists. And and I'm hoping when when individuals watch that, and even the cartoons, in so many cases, you see early bits of animation, and you say, okay, now I see now I see how we got CGI from from these sketchy little beginnings. We get CGI. Uh, I, I want people to learn of of the timeline of the missing links of seeing how communication progresses. I think if we if we learn where we came from, then we're going to be better people as to where we're going. And and also you both were saying this. The old shows now. Now I used to love. Yeah, I, I used to love uh, uh, the slasher films of the eighties. But after a point, you know, the movie has to be about more than just the hacksaw. So. Yeah. Uh, so so for me, when you watch these pieces, the writers, they had to think of something scary, of undertones, of all sorts of, of parables 
to escape the censors uh, much more than they have to today. So you're really learning messages. I'll, I'll hearken to the Twilight Zone. Uh, Rod Serling, and I've mentioned this many times, Rod Serling uh, was furious because Judgment at Nuremberg, which he, which was his teleplay, was edited immensely because it talked about the Holocaust. And he was furious because the censors would not allow the audience to learn of what went on during the Holocaust. And because of that, he created the Twilight Zone because the message is in there. The censors didn't care. You know, you weren't talking about about people. You were talking about robots and ghosts. So the censors didn't care. But the morality messages underneath in some of these old TV shows and movies are incredible and teach us so much. We just we just did a movie called My Man Godfrey with William Powell. And the message underneath about the depression, about about the humanity and what it means to be a good person is is so rich in this movie. But it, it's undertowing. So as you're laughing and enjoying the movie, suddenly there's a message in there. I think if there's a main thing, yes, I want people to see who are the originals because we don't know that. I want people to see the missing links and see how our entertainment industry has grown. And also the messages underneath, if people can just, if they'll listen to me enough that they say, oh, wait a minute, I got, I got to watch for that scene. And they just sit back and they learn the messages of these pieces. Again, I think I think our industry is going to profit from people learning to to read into the movies as well as just watch who's on the beach and what kind of nakedness. <laughs> Absolutely. My final question for this first part I want to ask is who do you hope have access to ACW TV as well as J Watch? And Attila, I want to start with you on that question. Anyone who, who wants to have a free fun time and, and watch old old movies anyone who has an interest let's let's say even the young content creators of today you know they could go back and watch some jay watch and get a history lesson and get inspired and 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 watch these old movies and make a, a spin on it a lot of the stuff is is public domain so run with the story make your own vision but see how the the early pioneers did it and i, I think that's you know so i i think enthusiasts and content creators, maybe those. That's uh, who I'd like like to to watch. Love it, absolutely love it. Jay, how about you? Who do you hope have access to these programs? We just brought on a, a writer who is a Gen Z in terms of age, and every one of his reviews of the pieces start with "Wow, I never knew that." My my hope is, and yeah, I tell you, he just sent me like 20 more reviews, so I'll Fantastic. send them to you. Fantastic. But my hope is that the people who exclaim that they've seen it all get to this these channels because there's so much there that people don't know existed. We 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 scour the Netflix, the Amazon, the Hulu, etc., and we say, oh, we've seen it all, and that's it. And it doesn't it deadens our imagination. Those people who don't know the classic movies, those people, and I don't mean just don't know, they know they're there, but they've never seen them. The people that don't know they exist, that this is not only the films and the TV series are, are a wonder to them, but the, the veritable shock that this actually happened and existed. I think it's going to be history lessons. I think it's going to be a form of entertainment they didn't expect. I think it's going to open their minds. Anybody who says, I don't know what you're talking about, Come on in. Let me show you what we're talking about.
comes up now and letting listeners get to know the two of you a little bit better. Of course, Jay, we've had you on before. So they everybody knows a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. But Attila, I want to start with you. And I want to ask, what or who inspires you? Typically, since we are a theater podcast, we ask, you know, what playwrights, composers, or shows in the past have inspired you or some of your favorites. But I also want to include, I mean, you are involved with classic films. You know, what films or directors also do that? Sure. Well, I'll start with 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 an uh, obscurity. Jay just did a, a an episode for for uh, the Ritz Brothers film, The Gorilla. Now, while it's not the greatest film, I, I'll admit it, but it holds a very special place in my heart, and it makes me laugh every time I watch it. Now, the reason it's special is my father used to tell me stories when I was a kid about when he was a, a young boy in Hungary, and he would go to the theater, movie theater, with his father. And some of his all-time favorite memories were seeing films like Gunga Den and also The Gorilla. And so I, I, I was like, I never heard of this movie, The Gorilla. And so growing up, my whole life, couldn't find the movie The Gorilla. Never, never saw it on television. And it wasn't until the late 80s that I went to a thrift store or like a, a 5 and 10 store. And I found the VHS of The Gorilla. And I said, oh, here it is, finally. And I watched it with my father, and he had we had such a great time and a lot of laughs brought back memories for him. And, and I was like, wow, this is fun. And then I then I looked into it, and I was like, you know what? Let me look into this. And then I that's when I learned about public domain. And then I realized other other companies were putting out these VHS tapes of, of, of films like Ghost on the Loose and, and, and other other films that I enjoy. And I'm like, why? How, how come there's like three or four versions of this VHS by all these different companies. So that film actually sparked my initial interest in the world of public domain, which eventually developed into my first Roku channel, which is all public domain content. So so, so <laughs> of all the, the tremendous films out there, I have to say The Gorilla might be the movie that helped inspire and launched my, my career in business right now. Favorite movies, genre genre wise, we'll 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 go with my two favorites are George Romero and John Carpenter. So Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead are probably still my two all-time favorite horror films. I, I other genre films I love, of course, the original Hellraiser of Clive Barker's tremendous story. Other directors and writers, I, I I'm a big, big time classic slapstick guy. So I, I'm a big Abbott and Costello, Lauren Hardy, Marx Brothers. All of that. So that that that's that I, I just love to laugh and have a good time. So uh, I would say that those those and all the early films. So the 30s and 40s, that that's what inspires me. And that's and and I love the most. All those comedians perfected their art on stage in vaudeville. Yeah. yeah. Yes. There you go. Absolutely. Brought to you by Jaywatch. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you now, Attila, you know, what is your favorite part about working in the arts? The arts themselves, just just the 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 finished product, just to see what artists have created. You know, I, I love music. You know, I, I play music myself. I'm a guitar player. Just the creation, just just the art itself. I, I just I love the finished product. You know, as as, as uh, I'm not sure who said it about writers, but, uh, you know, writers hate to write, but love to have written. Uh, so so yeah. that's good. So, I mean, I could be toiling for two days, you know, like 24 hours or, or, you know, not in a row, but toiling on on just editing a five minute episode of Jaywatch. 
And it's like all this time to, to, to for five minutes. And then, and then I look at the end product and I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. And I think, it, you know, I'm good with it. So, so, you know, the, it's the reward. And so that's why, I, so since I get that sense of reward, I'm sure that multiple content creators and visionaries had that sense, same sense of euphoria. And so it kind of, you kind of, kind of, feel that vibe coming through the actual finished product when, when, it, when it's done with genuality and, and it's sincere and you find a lot of that in the content on ACW TV channels. Pretty cool. I want to ask my favorite question to ask guests now, and that is what is your favorite theater memory or Jay, in your case, what's another one of your favorite? Oh, memories? Gosh, <laughs> my favorite theater memory. Oh yeah, the, 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 they're all my favorites. They, Stan Lee, when asked what's his favorite superhero, he said the one I'm working on right now. Uh, <laughs> so, so they're they're all huge favorites of mine. I, I'll pick, I'll I'll pick an amusing one. I've probably I've probably said this many times before. I I was brought up. Mine was not a theater family. So so I my understanding of theater was from high school and college, and in college we we all had those huge auditoriums. Uh, so we, we, you know, we, we were used to three, four, five, 600 seat auditoriums. The first time I got cast professionally in anything that was, uh, uh, that was out of school, uh, was a production of Hamlet on theater row in New York. This is going back to 1982. And I packed up my makeup, uh, which was in my mother's overnight bag that she utilized when she gave birth to me. So, so there's, there's irony. And so I had all my little makeup in there and I'm smiling, strolling down now, Andrew, you know exactly what, well, Attila, you're from New York. So you know what I'm talking about also strolling down Times Square at, at like four o'clock in the afternoon in 1982. And With all those friendly faces. Thank you. And I was so ecstatic. I'm walking down and I'm going, oh, look at that movie. Oh, that's interesting. Look at that movie. And <laughs> and and they're all the porn theaters. And in between there, there was one horror movie theater. They were playing Extro the Unknown. And I still remember it because the slogan was not all ETs are friendly. And so each time I would walk down there to the theater, I'd always look and go, hello, Extro. And then just keep walking. But that first time, I strolled in and there's the door to, at that point, the, the Lion Theater on Theater Row. Grand wooden door, grand sign. And I thought, I'm going into a Broadway theater. I swung open the door like I was going into a temple. And I came inside to see a 99-seat folding chair black box theater. I thought that was the lobby. I thought standing in the theater, that was the lobby. And there was the director, and and he was like, "Well, okay, help with the set." And I was like, "What? I have to help with the set? I'm one of the actors." And and uh, it, it, as much as it sounds like I was disappointed for a moment, I was like, "Where the hell am I?" But that one moment, I suddenly learned, and and this is what we're saying in terms of old movies. I suddenly learned how you can take a little black box and make it an entire universe. When I walked in there, it was a gaggle of folding chairs. It was some lumber. It was bags of costumes. And all of us walking around uh, talking about, well, they were talking about their equity contracts. I was I was just, I was happy I could spell equity at that point. And, and by the end, by opening night, we had Castle Elsinore on that little stage 
we had a full house and as much as it was 99 people, it looked like a thousand people. The, the music pumped through. There were interesting ways. I remember a stage manager. We didn't have a cherry picker. We had a stage manager strap the smoke machine to her back and walk around backstage so the fog of Denmark could pervade. And, and we all had six, seven, 12 different costume changes and running backstage. And, and you know, uh, all of a sudden a guard goes back saying, and now suddenly he's a priest and he goes out there. In that little box, in that tiny little box, I learned how to create universes. So that by the time I left that show, we ran, what did we run? We run about two months in there. By the time I left that show, it was like, and and if you've seen the original Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, that's not the original. The original is a silent film, actually. The the Charlton Heston version of the Ten Commandments, when he comes down after, after he has seen God at the burning bush, he suddenly has gray in his hair and he's walking down there. That last time that I walked to the two train to Times Square in 19, at that point, 1983, walked to the two train there, I was an actor in New York. So I walked there, a college kid, wondering what's going to happen, and came back an actor in New York. And from that moment on, when someone says, oh, look at the theater I'm in, you could see the folding chairs. You could see that back black wall. I see an entire universe. I love that. Love that. That is such a fantastic memory and so brilliantly told. Thank Thank you you. for sharing that. Very cool. Attila, what about you? Okay, well, I haven't done much theater at all of late, but I guess in my, you know, in the 70s or 60s and 70s as a, as a young kid and a teenager, I, I did did a, a bit. I have a few playbills back here that you could see. I guess one of my, my best memories was seeing, when I went to see Beatlemania, for example, after I went to the original run, had amazing seats, second row. So Wow! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was I was blown away by like the fast set changes, costume changes and and the fluidity of the music, uh, like a non non interruptive flow. So anyway, and being a, a Beatles fan, I, I just thought it was fantastic. But the thing that was most impressive was after the show, I went to the stage door and I actually met the entire cast and got a commemorative button and I and I got all their autographs. And then I and then at that point, being raised in a family of, of descendants of writers, I've, I've always wanted to be a writer my whole life as a, as a kid. And even still today, I, I write regularly and I love writing. But back then, when I saw uh, uh, I always had the, the allure of, of seeing my name on the book, let's say. But when I got their autographs and, and I took it home and I would stare at, at, at this playbill over and over again and just not only read where they signed with their names, but then read the credits and credits. And I really started appreciating credits. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so from that point on, I, I don't, I don't, I, re- I rarely shut off a film without reading the credits. I'm just that guy, you know, but, but what, what I learned from that is that, you know, you don't necessarily have to be the director, the producer, the star of the show just it it takes a whole team to contribute and so so i i learned the value of of being participating in in some sort of art form as a team and that's like over here you could see from 2005 to 2012 i was actually the marketing and and graphics director for a company called metal god entertainment which was the lead singer judas priest rob halford we formed an entertainment company and i pretty much helped helped them run it 
And so my name appears on all those credits, on all those DVDs. And so I actually edited one of his documentary films and we had the premiere at Man's Chinese Theater. And so watching, sitting in that theater and then seeing my name roll in the credits was like, I was like, wow, this goes all the way back to like Beatlemania when I looked at the credits and there I am in, in a movie theater, one of the most famous in the world and there's my name. So, so the value of teamwork and credits, just that, that's what I took out of my theater experience. There's, there's a story about President Kennedy when he was touring Cape Canaveral. He wanted to be nice to everyone there, obviously. And there was, there was a janitor at one point and he went over to the janitor and he said, so, so what do you do here? And the janitor looked him in the eye and said, I helped put a man on the moon. This is, this is team. Whatever you're doing, however you're there, you are a piece that could not, the puzzle cannot be completed without you. So, so your story is an inspiring one and, and, and you're preaching to the converted over here. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I love that though. Thank you so much for sharing sure. that. Are there any other projects or productions either of you have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Yeah, actually, ACW TV and JWatch in about a week or so, we are launching a, a merchandise store online. So <laughs> we, we would we would love for people to walk around and, and have Jay's little cartoon image on, on your chest. and, and uh, My face it. is on a T-shirt. Yes. My face is on a T-shirt. You and we're gonna get, and we are going to get America to 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 use the catchphrase "Let's watch TV," yes. which is Jay's catchphrase. I love that. Let's watch TV. Yes. Well, finally, if our listeners want more information about ACW TV or about Jay Watch, maybe they'd like to reach out to the two of you as well. How can they do that? Well, to reach us, you could go to acwtv.com and there's a contact us form. So so for, for business inquiries, that's the way to do it. If you want to engage, just hit us up on social media on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash jwatchnet or go to jwatchnet.net to uh, visit us online and you could communicate that way as well with the contact us. Anything for you, Jay? <laughs> yeah, if you... <laughs> Anything? <laughs> Jay Michaels, Global Communications, to find out what we have going on. I just updated things. We have over 20 productions that are opening this fall into the winter in New York, whether we're producing them or promoting them. Everything from full-scale off-Broadway contract productions to industry readings. We have now two television series that we're promoting aside from ACW TV and Jaywatch. We have, we have a relationship with the drama bookstore a drama book shop. So we have several authors who will be appearing there as well. You can go to J Michaels Arts, J-A-Y-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S-A-R-T-S.com to see a full listing. And you can always reach me at info at jmichaelsarts.com. And, and believe me, if you get a hold of me, I will share with you unabashedly every single thing that's going on. And I'll make sure I get you over to Jaywatch if I have to drive you there myself. <laughs> I love it. Well, Attila, Jay, thank you both so much for taking the time to thank speak you for having me today me. and sharing the wonderful network and the show. This is exciting. I can't wait to tune in. And as as we're trying to get people to say, let's watch TV. I'm excited. Let's watch TV. Let's watch TV. Thank you. Both let's watch. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you.
My guests today have been the producer Attila Juhas and the presenter and public relations representative Jay Michaels, both of who are with ACW TV. Jay is the presenter on Jay Watch. You can get more information about both of our guests with the links that we'll be providing in our episode description as well as on our social media posts. But make sure you catch Jay Watch Wednesday nights or Thursdays if you're going to catch it later on ACW TV. You can see that on Roku TV as well as a couple of other places. You can check their website, acwtv.com, for that information. They've got a lot of great, exciting things coming out, so you are not going to want to miss out. But if you're a classic TV lover, even if you're not, you need to touch up on that stuff, this is the perfect place to go. Come join us here at Stage Whisper as we tune in to ACW TV and to Watch. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater at Stage Whisper. Thank you. Two friends from old New York town met in a foreign land. One thing the praises of If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. And the lights of old.